Okay, so the story goes approximately like this. Boy meets girl. They go on a date and fall in love. They become a couple. They meet each other's parents and they get married. We know this. It is basically the same all over the world. But what about all the things that happen in between? By the way, my name is Caroline Nørkia. And my name is Anna Skulberg. And you're listening to the third episode of Africa's Millennials. A podcast series from Ghana, where we try to get to know the fastest growing youth population in the world. And where we ask the question, are Africa's young people just a ticking time bomb? Or could they also be the continent's biggest potential? This is the third episode, and it's a little different. We're stepping away from career dreams and activism, and more into the private life of the young people. Because a peek into Ghanaian dating culture is also a peek into a modern youth culture that is on one hand becoming more and more modern, but on the other hand still holds a lot of tradition. Anas and I have each gathered a group of young Ghanaians. I'm having drinks with the women Selma and Naomi. Being young is one of the most confusing times. While Anas is hanging out somewhere on a street corner with a big group of guys. So you're in love? I think so. (laughs) (laughs) These are our panels who will guide us through a Ghanaian relationship, from first meeting until marriage. We start out by asking about the first step, boy meets girl. How do you meet the girls? Especially uh, social gatherings, talking about outdoor wedding ceremonies, funeral rites. Excuse. Yeah, excuse. Social media is like Facebook. Yeah. What's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> so I find my. Uh, I was going through this. Now. I was going to buy a petrol from this filling station. So I met her. That's the first time, like, of uh, meeting her. You know, for, so for that one, it's very difficult. So at least I managed myself to talk to her. Being a man over here, you have to approach them. If I was Ghanaian and I wanted to find a boyfriend now, what would I do? Well, the boyfriend will even come find you. <laughs> you just have to uh, make a choice. What do you mean? Um, here it's it's not really a taboo. Yeah, it's, it's more like taboo, the men are always into the women more than the women are into the men. So most of the time, the men are out searching. It's like the men are always looking for the women instead. The women are always waiting. In Ghana, equality is a special case. Even though the men are dominant in the formal labor market, it is said that it's the women who drive the country. This is due to the fact that 80% of women work in the informal sector, such as at the markets. And it's often from this work that the families get their daily bread. But in the informal sector, there's no social security 
which means that the status of women is still lower than that of the men. And that difference also has an impact on the dating culture, where the man takes initiative. Yeah. Did you guys ever make a move? Uh, yes, I've lots, made one before. <laughs> well, I've made one before. I was very straight and yeah. he was also very straight. And since then, I've never made a move. <laughs> it was uh, a friend's... He, it was a friend. He puts um, the guy up on his status. And he was, he was, he was tall, he was muscular. I like tall, muscular guys. And he had a beard. He was um, dark chocolate. He, he matched all my physics. The physics were there, but I was like, oh, he's, he's a nice guy. I like him. Can I have his number? And then he, he told the guy a friend wanted to have his number. He agreed. I took the number and I was like, okay, I just saw your picture somewhere. I think you're a nice guy. And then I really like you. Do you have a girlfriend? And I was like, oh, yeah, I have a girlfriend. I was like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> and that was it. I've never really made a move, tried to, no. Because I won't, I won't do that again to be told that I, um, he has a girlfriend again. But would you have liked him to lie to you? What I have observed, if a lady makes a move trying to find a man for herself, at the end of the day, they see you as desperate. They see you as desperate. Everyone agrees that the man takes initiative. And from here, we move on to the next step. Because then how do you get a date? Once you get the person's contact, whenever he or she is free, you can just call the person to meet you at a certain place so that you can discuss closely or physically share your stories together. Yeah. It, could, it could be around the house or behind the house, wherever you might not have a distraction where you can talk. I can just call her, she'll say, oh, I am in the house, you can come. Then she'll come outside and then you'll just sit around. One of the guys talks about the first time he texted his current girlfriend. Well, at first I was nervous, because I didn't know what her reply would be. Would she be furious after what I would say? But after I said all that I could say with the compliments, you are very beautiful, I would like to establish a very good relationship with you. She, she said, well, whatever you said may be true. So I also have some time to deliberate on that and then I will get back to you. Then at that moment I said, wow, I'm just hoping that she comes back with the affirmative. Did you notice what he said in the end? The girl said she would get back to him. Not necessarily something that would catch your attention. But now listen to what Selma and Naomi explained to me about Ghanaian women in general. When you come and you approach the lady and you propose to her, I want to date you, they'll say I want to think about it. They don't give you on the spot answers. Even if they are also into the relationship or they, they are into you and you come and approach them. To not appear cheap, they'll say, I'll go and think about it, just to buy time and all things. Do you do that as well? Yes, we do. Oh, yeah, I do, yeah. because um, I'm just meeting you. I don't even know you then. Okay. I'll tell you I need time to think about it. Okay. <laughs> but then some, even after you've been friends for a very long time, you both know where 
your conversations and everything was leading. But the moment a guy comes up, they will still say, I want to think about it. Because they don't want to appear desperate and then they don't want to appear that they were already waiting. Everyone obviously have their tricks. But when the initial dating phase is over, the next step is natural. You find out whether you like each other and then you start a relationship. What is the hardest thing about being young and falling in love in Ghana? You know, this is um, in Ghana, it's like if you are young in Ghana and you don't have a job and you are in love, it becomes complex because fending for yourself is going to be difficult and you know in our part of the world it's the men who are mostly the breadwinners. You take charge of what happens in the house. So even when you start dating, you have to start taking care of your wife. So it becomes complex because you are not employed. You know, sometimes it's difficult. Yeah. Actually, it is very common in Ghana that the man is expected to cover all expenses. And that is not just on a date. It can even go as far as the man paying for the woman's clothes, her hairdresser, or her rent. And it doesn't even matter whether the woman makes her own money. Her money is only for herself. But in Ghana, the unemployment is so high that many young men can get into financial difficulties because of a girlfriend. Even the women point out the problem. At the long run, they depend on the guy for everything. Okay. What she eats, everything. She expects the guy to provide. Because of, the, you know, we talked about the iPhone and things. You, you, maybe you are dating a guy who really can't afford that. In the street corner with the men, Anas asks them what they think the women are telling me about a Ghanaian relationship. And now a whole new topic appears. I know they'll mention cheating. They'll say men cheat a lot. They'll say that. It's not very easy over here to build trust between you and a lady. Actually, Selma and Naomi haven't even mentioned cheating in our conversation. But it is a big topic in Ghana. And it's said to be mostly done by the guys. Sometimes a boy may even have four or five ladies that he is dating. So it depends on the individual. There are some <coughs> possibly those who are just like eager for marriage, maybe depending on how old they are. For them, when they see a girl, they would put all their bet on her. But we, the young ones, maybe you think we still have time, so you want to play around, you know, you pretend that you are searching, you know, but you'll be playing the games to, you know, really get the one that you like most. And any of you? Yeah, I'm having four. And it's a simple reason. I don't want to, someone to fail me. When I'm with four, maybe the first one failing me, I will now have three. The second one failing me. And even if you fail me, I will replace you with one, <laughs> making the whole thing to be four again. We're going to the next step. Something with the potential to scare people all over the world. Parents-in-law. I came across this, this article called Eight Reasons Why You Should Date a Ghanaian. <laughs> One is um, when you date a Ghanaian, you date their whole family. <laughs> it's true. 
It's very rich. Because in Ghana, dating is a big deal, kind of a big deal. Once it's official, official, like it's officially dating, you know each other's family and all that. It's even if it's like three, four days, your family has not seen your boyfriend. They'll be like, "Where is he? I've not seen him in a while." So like, yeah, you ask you even before you even get to marriage. Um, when it comes to marriage, the whole family is actively involved. So yes, yeah, so during the dating process, like marriage practice, everyone gets to know the person. Person feels free and yeah. when you go to the man's house, you want to be a wife. So you start to act like one. You start to you know do the things a wife should be doing. If the mother is cooking in the kitchen, you don't expect yourself to be in the room. You should be in the kitchen helping her out. Um, if the family has something small to do outside, instead of being indoors, you should come out and give a help. You know, sweep around, do the dishes, just spare the little one some time. Oh, don't worry, I'll do the dishes for you and then I'll do the washing, I'll do the sweeping and other things. Yeah, so the family is having some expectations of you as a woman. It's really like, but I don't see mostly the guys going to the ladies' house like that. Naomi has a point. When Anas asks the guys whether they met any of their girlfriend's families, they all say no. That's something you only do when you're close to marriage. And then you actually don't even meet them yourself. The man or the one at the center, you don't go personally to meet them. Yeah. Like your relatives would have to go to initiate that conversation. So they do that on behalf of you. So you would sit back and like wait for the response, they come back with and you know you have to pray that they come back with some good news for you. Yeah. So personally you don't go as a man, your family members will do that on your behalf. Then they will start doing background checks on you. These background checks are very common in Ghana. A family wants to know everything about the person their son or daughter is marrying. Not even with your notice. They wouldn't let you know. People believe that whatever you possess in your family may be transferred to the coming generations. A background check can, for example, include checking the tribe of your forefathers or whether there is mental disease in the family. And if you're unlucky, the marriage can be cancelled. And the marriage, the last phase of this classic love story, is, after all, the next natural step in Ghana. In our normal, traditional homes, before you get to 25, you are expected to get married. <laughs> that, that, yeah, you, you, as a lady, you are expected to get married. And then, as the, your colleagues, like other age mates, about your age are also in a hurry. They are getting married almost every week. One of my mates is even getting married today. And how many years do you are you in a relationship before you get married? Sometimes it can just be even a month. A month. Depending on how prepared you are for marriage, how financially capable you are to you know go through all those things. Yeah. 
if you are someone who is well to do, you can even use less than a month to court a lady and to even get married. But if you are not someone who is well to do, it can even take more than six, seven years before you can do that. Oh, we meet, you meet guys that you've never even gone one month over with and then they start, start talking about marriage. Come on, I don't even know you yet. How do I marry you? None of the young people we have talked to are married yet. However, thoughts about marriage and dating in general are a big part of their lives. You, you see your colleagues getting married and you, are, you feel like you are behind. Because almost every, every day somebody's getting married. You see your colleagues, colleagues with, their, with their kids, two, three kids, and then you are still struggling to catch up with life and you're like, whoa, I'm really behind because I don't even have a husband. Not talk of having children and then, yeah. So in Ghana, it's, it's a big competition among the youth. Our introduction to a Ghanaian relationship ends here, just before marriage. This little peek into the love life of Ghana has made it clear how important traditions still are in the life of a young Ghanaian. Even though the youth of Africa is storming ahead with new ideas, strong opinions and big dreams, there are high expectations to live up to. Being young is one of the most confusing times. In Ghana, yes. Yeah, so confusing. Being young can be so confusing. Um, you, you get to think to yourself, at this stage, what am I supposed to be doing? What am I not supposed to be doing? When you were younger, maybe 9, 10, somewhere 12, even in your teenage age, you felt Okay, when I get to 23, 24, I, just, I will just have everything sorted, everything I'll know. But then you get there and then it's like you don't even know what you're about. You're just confused. And there's always like some kind of competition. There's what society expects from you. There's what your peers expect. And then there's always what you want for yourself too. But even under heavy pressure, the young people still believe that they as a generation can move Africa forward. Though it may not look like that, but then we actually, what is needed to change the world. That's what I think. This podcast is published by Ghana Friends and has received support from Sisu. It is produced by Anna Skulberg and Caroline Nurkia. If you like our stories from Ghana, we can really recommend going there yourself, as there are many more stories than the ones we have told.